0: Let's just focus on uh, on Gaza for a second. If, in fact, Bibi is correct and it takes many, many more months of war, what do you extrapolate from that since you've been very supportive of uh, Israel in this effort?
1: Well, it's hard to tell because it's Bibi and he is interested in his own self-preservation. Bibi will be the prime minister in Israel until such time as the war kind of ebbs a little bit, then they're going to throw him out. He He's unpopular there this is a little bit you know so you and his entire thing is holding together whatever coalition he has around a really forceful prosecution of the war now there is a big movement in israel calling for more focus to be put on getting the hostages back because there are a lot of families who are waiting to hear so so i don't know what it means i think the opposite's going to happen i think he's raising expectations that it's going to be longer and then when it cuts off sooner he's going to say he's going to say all right we've moved into a different stage there's only so much more they can do they've cleared out the south virtually now they're working it their 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 way in the north and and or v- the other way around they they cleared out the north now they're working their way to the south and i think that it's just a matter of time before they say okay now we're in the next phase where they basically start going house to house and the major bombing is over but the long haul is not a positive one for Israel because now they've got to, They've broken this place. They've got to. They they have to figure out a way to hold it and to occupy it again.
0: All the people who remain there, they have to be fed. Uh, some of them are going to be in need of uh, clothes, medical care, especially water. Uh, definitely in that part of the country, the only thing they have access to is the salt water in the uh, right, sea. But, there,
1: but 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 during normal times, about eighty percent of the water in Gaza is generated in water in in Gaza from desalination plants or pipes that come in there they'll be i mean the problem is going to be the physical place is a mess now the phys- it's a war it's a war it's like dresden you know it's it's a war um but well, but israel is going to have to occupy it in not the negative sense of the word but in the sense of the word that someone has to take care of has to be a caretaker of gaza again and they had hoped to not have to do that when they left in 2005
0: look uh, you um, have the You mentioned uh, Dresden, you mentioned Germany after the war, the Marshall Plan to put it all back together again. What plan, if at all, could you conceive of to deal with Gaza in the aftermath of a Israeli victory there?
1: I think the only way that these two peoples can live side by side in a two-state solution is if the Palestinians somehow govern themselves. But part of governing themselves means choosing leadership that doesn't just say, "Okay, we're going to be like Hamas again, and we're going to put for every dollar we put 10 cents into building up the West Bank and 90 cents into building bombshell uh, into building tunnels, into building into buying missiles and the like." I'm not optimistic. I don't know who it's going to be because it has to be someone that the Palestinians trust. Otherwise, it's going to be a violent, op, you know, an occupation. Remember. You know, a lot of our listeners may have forgotten this history, and I know these kids that are protesting in the street forgot it. in 2005, after people said, free free Palestine, free Palestine, free Palestine, the Israelis left Gaza in 2005 without any conditions. That was Ariel Sharon. That was Ariel Sharon, one of those hawkish guys, the lion, they called him. And almost immediately, Hamas took hold, and now here we are. So anyone who says, well, Israel should just leave, that's step one. No, that might be the last step as Israel leaves, until they figure out a way to build up the infrastructure, build up civil society, have elections. And and as much as we like to think that the other Arab states care about the Palestinians, they don't. They don't. They do never cared that much. They've never cared about, about a, a two-state two, two solution. They never cared about the... All they care about is having the Palestinian issue because, remember, the Palestinians are refugees. The last thing they want to do is help them get relocated.
0: So basically they'll be stuck in that box. Uh much of that uh area would have been obliterated uh because it is a war. And Israel can't occupy it and administer it because they're gonna have insurrection. But they're all gonna the have
1: to, but that's the problem. They're caught between the devil and the and and the deep the the, the, the Mediterranean Sea. They, they they are stuck in this position. When, when I have a conversation with these protesters and they can calm down long enough to listen, I would say, who do you think should govern the West Bank and Gaza? And they say Palestinians. And I say, I agree. But who? What is the, who's the person? Who is the party? Who is the entity? Who do you turn the keys to? There's no one there. And Jordan doesn't want them. The, the Egyptians, they have more, they have as many problems from the, from the Palestinians as the Israelis do. They don't want them. And this has been the plight of the Palestinians. And so, when they said in 2005, "Govern yourself," they couldn't do it. After, in 2000, uh, in 2000, in 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, when they had the two-state solution negotiations, Oslo and everything else, Mahmoud Abbas, Yasser Arafat, they couldn't do it. So then it becomes who does. So when people think about how the Israelis and the UN talks about is Israel as being an occupying force. Well, it's only for lack of anyone else having any interest to do the hard work of taking care of those parts of the world. It's certainly not because they want to. It's been nothing but headaches for Israel for the longest time.
0: And the uh, U.N. is not interested in sending in any security forces there. They send in a lot of relief. They send in social workers, uh, medical clinicians. But it doesn't seem to be a desire to send in the baby blue helmets there.
1: Well, look, there are some of them in the Golan Heights, okay, that – The Israelis agreed to have there to stand between the Syrians. By the way, you forget about the Golan Heights. Israel was was once upon a time attacked by Syria and had to take the Golan Heights to protect themselves. They're getting, they're getting attacked now from people who basically taken over the poor people of Lebanon. They've been taken over by Hezbollah. So the UN can come in. If they showed any ability to combat Hamas, they should have been doing it for the last 40 years. You know, they, well,
0: remember, there was a 10 mile zone in southern Lebanon, where you had the Marianite Christians there that were allied with the Israelis, Ehud Barat, who was the prime minister, then pulled the Israeli troops out quickly without any notification to the Marianite Christians. Uh, They ended up getting slaughtered by a lot of the Muslims who were seeking revenge against them, calling them traitors. Now you got them hating on the Israelis because of that. So it just seems everywhere you look, no matter where the border is, you have these divisions, and what do you do in order to maintain your your strength, your solidarity, other than the possession of nuclear weapons, which they all fear that the Israelis uh, would use in order uh, to make sure that their, their state continues?
1: Well, you know, by the way, you make an excellent point about the fate of the Lebanese Christians, and it's worth pointing out, you know, if you're a Christian – you know the history that when Israel has been in control of lands that are important to Christians, they've preserved them. When Muslims, um, have, and when, and when the Arabs have been in charge of those, those people, they've done slaughters, right? So the Le- the, the, Lebanese Christians have had the war of everyone in that region. The Lebanese Christians have had the worst, but it's not so much. Look, this is not an existential fight for Israel right now. They're a strong enough military. They're going to take care of Hamas. They'll take care of Hezbollah. If need be, they can take care of Iran as well. The problem is, if they're going to survive as a country, it can't be every, there has to be peace. Every country wants to, peace. And Bibi Netanyahu, his worst vice is that of all the prime ministers going all the way back to, 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 to Ben-Gurion, has tried to secure the state of Israel by ne- trying to get peace with her neighbors. And, and that's the one thing Bibi never did. But right now... As much as anyone want to negotiate, and, I, and I, I've been critical on these airwaves of Bibi Netanyahu, he's not wrong. There's no one right now to turn the keys over to or even to negotiate with.
0: A Trump uh, president, uh, things were relatively quiet there in the Middle East, the Persian Gulf, when Donald Trump was there. In fact, remember that famous scene, his national security advisor, Warhawk extraordinaire with his, um, his uh, what do they call that, pepper uh, and oh, salt Bolton. mustache? Yeah, Bolton. Bolton comes in. The Iranians had shot down a drone, United States drone, in the Straits of Hormuz, which is uh, what is the uh, very small waterway that a lot of the oil traffic passes through in both Iran and Iraq. Bolton demanded an all-out attack on Iran. President at that time, Donald Trump, said, well, what would be comparable to what they did? Because it's not a manned flight. You know, you want us basically to go to war against right. Iran for a drone. And Bolton said, no, you got to obliterate him. You got to take him out now.
1: Yeah. No, no proportional response. No.
0: And uh, Trump said, you know, I think we'll take a pass on this. We'll, well take a pass on that. I'd this. say the
1: one thing you can count on, you know, uh, uh, John katz and, and and Rita Krause, who do this great show the the at 5 o'clock. That's available, I think, on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Every guest comes on there. Any the slightest provocation wants to go to world. War. They they want to blow up everybody. Totally. And the toughest thing about being president and Biden, I don't know if he's getting it right or now, is to say let's keep everything kind of proportional. One thing Iran wants to do is they want to kind of make chaos right now, and they want and Israel has has Israel is fighting on on two fronts. Arguably, there's not a lot going on on the northern front, but there's some. And so, with using the Houthi rebels, it's very similar to what Donald Trump faced. And you gotta learn that, listen, you you respond proportionally. Someone shoots down your drone, you blow up a drone factory. (laughs) You know, but, but now you have U.S. troops who are starting to be injured and it becomes a different thing. Iran wants to expand this, we want to keep it narrow.